0: Israel and the Middle East are literally the epicenter, not only of the world, but of all of history. This is Evidence and Answers, with scholar, author, and apologist, Pat Zuckerman, who defends the Christian faith all over the world. I'm Kevin Harris, and we're continuing our series on Israel, past, present, and future. Today, we're gonna look at the future of Israel from a historic and biblical perspective Pat Zuckrin. and Pat the, these other two shows are available right now at evidenceandanswers.org Israel Past and Israel Present evidenceandanswers.org why don't you bring us up to speed and give us a thumbnail of uh, Israel Past and Israel Present two topics that we've dealt with on this show
1: right Kevin you know Israel plays a central role in God's redemption plan for mankind. And in order to understand Israel, we had to look at Israel's past, how they became a nation, and what God's plan was for this nation. In Genesis 12, the Abrahamic covenant, that Abraham's descendants would be a great nation, and through this nation, the entire world would be blessed. They would come to know God. And we discovered that Israel failed in this mission and uh, several key promises were given to them the land covenant in deuteronomy 28 through 30 that they would possess the land in peace someday and the davidic covenant 2 samuel chapter 7 that a descendant of king david would sit upon david's throne and rule an everlasting kingdom well none of those have been fulfilled just yet and israel failed in their mission they were in disobedience to god their king came offered them the kingdom they rejected him crucified him upon the cross and so, presently now, God has bypassed Israel, and it's through this new group of people made up of every tongue, tribe, and nation throughout the world. The church, God has given them the great commission and they to go throughout the world and present the good news of God to the entire world. But God still has a plan for the nation of Israel, and we studied how God is still working amongst his people today, restoring them to the land protecting and preserving his people, and raising up a remnant of believers. And now we come to Israel's future. If you want to understand eschatology, God's plan for the future, you need to understand that Israel is going to have a key role in the future plans of God.
0: Undoubtedly. Is the land promise made to Abraham fulfilled with the formation of Israel in 1948? Is that part of that scenario?
1: Yes, that was a key covenant that we went over in Deuteronomy 28 through 30. And Genesis chapter 15 verses 18 through 21 maps out the territory of the promised land. Now, Israel became a nation once again in 1948. So is this promise fulfilled? No, Israel has not possessed the land in peace as promised. That's part of the promise that they would dwell in the land in peace. And Israel has not been at peace since 1948 they have been harassed on all sides by the arab nations also if you look at the territory that's mapped out in genesis 15 they have not possessed the territory that is ascribed to them in genesis 15. i mean the promise of genesis 15 would include parts of lebanon jordan syria and palestine So the land covenant, I do not believe, is fulfilled in the United Nations decree in 1948. They have not possessed the land in peace, nor the territories ascribed to them in Genesis 15.
0: Even as we're recording this, two rockets have landed in northern Israel damaging many homes, no lives or or injuries. But Israel definitely has never been at peace, Uh, just to emphasize that, since 1948.
1: Right, and they're vastly outnumbered by the Arab nations that are around them, seeking to destroy this nation. Many have rejected the new UN Declaration. Many have not recognized Israel as a nation And several terrorist groups have arisen with the specific goal of destroying the nation of Israel. So, no, they have not dwelt in the land in peace.
0: What has to happen before the promises of Genesis 15 are fulfilled?
1: Well, before all this comes to pass, Kevin, you know, several things must happen. You know, Jesus describes events in Matthew chapter 24, the events that would occur before his coming. Now, the way the text opens is that the disciples ask Jesus, when will these things happen? You know, Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple in verse 2. And the disciples ask him, when will these things happen? And Jesus describes in verse 4 through 14, the events that will take place before his return. And he there is describing what's going on in the present age. He says there will be wars and rumors of wars. Famines, earthquakes in various places. But these are only beginning birth pangs. Then he talks about the persecution that will come upon the church. And there will be a rise in false prophets who deceive many. And there will be an increase in wickedness. And he goes on to describe the events that will occur before his return. And what he is describing here is that there will not be peace in the land of Israel. That there will continue to be wars and conflict. Uh, in Israel, in, in, in the Middle East, until his return.
0: Well, Pal, what are some things that we can expect in the coming days regarding Israel and the Middle East? What do we need to keep our eye on?
1: Well, Kevin, unfortunately, the Israel and Arab conflict will continue to escalate, I believe. I mean, And there will be continued conflict over the city of Jerusalem. And although several nations have tried to broker some kind of peace Between Israel and the Arab nations at best it will only be a temporary peace now in Luke chapter 21 in verse 24 Jesus states this they will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations as regarding the people of Israel Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled Jesus says that there will be conflict until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled well, the time of the Gentiles begins with the Babylonians in 586 BC and it has continued till this day. The Gentile nations have controlled or threatened the nation of Israel and there will be no peace in the land until the Lord returns. So we can expect the conflict to continue and intensify as we near the return of the Lord. Now, recently in 2006, President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad President of Iran stated very clearly that Israel must be wiped off the map and that a world without Israel and without interference from the U.S. is very possible. So he articulates the sentiment of many of the Arab nations that they just want to wipe Israel right off the face of the earth.
0: Because the United States is ally with Israel. That would include our wiping out as well.
1: Right. And so, you know, he articulates the sentiment of many of the Arab nations. Not only that, there are several terrorist groups who have arisen, who have been created, and their sole purpose is the destruction of the nation of Israel. You've got Hamas in the south, in Palestine and in the Gaza Strip, to the south of Israel. Their whole goal is the destruction of the nation of Israel. You have the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. And then you have Hezbollah. In the north in lebanon and in recent days we see the conflict there between hezbollah and israel you know last in 2006 hezbollah was launching missiles into israel and israel had to defend itself and fire back and repel hezbollah from the trenches they were dug into there in southern lebanon and so you've got these terrorist organizations designed and funded by many of these arab countries and their sole purpose is the destruction of the nation of Israel. Now, Newt Gingrich, I am impressed with his understanding of world affairs here in the Middle East. And he stated in 2006 when he was on Meet the Press, as he was talking about the war that was going on in July between Lebanon and Israel, or Hezbollah in southern Lebanon and in Israel, he stated this, Today is not the fifth day of the war, it's the 58th year of the effort by those who want to destroy Israel. As Ahmadinejad, the head of Iran, says, he wants to defeat the Americans and eliminate Israel from the face of the earth. So we should not see this event in isolation. There is a iran syria Hezbollah hamas alliance trying to destroy the nation of Israel. And so there are several nations here involved in the destruction of Israel. And Newt Gingrich goes on to say that World War III has begun, and the nation's leadership is failing to deal with this reality. So this is a very, situation, very serious situation here. It's not just a few terrorist groups. It's several terrorist groups and s- several Arab nations and other Muslim countries who are involved, many of them funded uh, by the Soviet Union, uh, trying to destroy the nation of Israel here. So what can we expect in the coming days? Just continued conflict between Israel and Palestine and Israel and the Arab nations that surround the nation of Israel.
0: There's not only political motivation from Iran and others, but there's religious motivation as well in that uh, they think that by the destruction of Israel in the United States that they will bring in their end times, bring in their final iman, kind of the Muslim messiah. So there's religious fervor and motivation uh, in their desire to destroy Israel as well.
1: Yes, you know, and it also goes back to the days of Muhammad. the Mecca surahs. You know, Muhammad uh, was preaching monotheism and seeking to be accepted by the Jews and the Christians. And so, you know, he taught tolerance to people of the book, Jews and Christians. But then when you get to the Medina surahs, especially After the Battle of the Trench or the Siege of Medina, where the Meccan armies were seeking to destroy Muhammad and several of the Jews in Medina were allied with the Meccan armies in an alliance to try and destroy Muhammad. That's when Muhammad turns and he just wipes out 700 Jews, you know, uh, chops their head off. And from there on, there's no longer a tolerance for the Jews or the people of the book. Either they would convert... Be killed or live as second class citizens paying the tax to Muslims. And so, right, even in the Quran, the conflict goes back to about uh, the seventh century AD. And so, this is a conflict that has been going on between Muslims and Jews for a very long time as well.
0: Well, in the near future, we're going to continue to see and we can expect conflict bloodshed, war, and the lack of peace. Pat, when will peace come for Israel?
1: Well, actually, there will be a peace that will come for Israel in the future, but unfortunately, the first one that comes, it's gonna be a false peace. Now, for those of us in the premillennial camp, in other words, we we read the book of Revelation and we take those passages literally, there will be a seven-year tribulation, there will be a millennial kingdom, I believe that if we're consistent with scripture, the church age will end suddenly with an event called the rapture, recorded in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 2 Thessalonians, when the church is suddenly taken out of this world. Then begins what is recorded in Revelations from chapter 4 to 19, the seven years of tribulation where God's wrath is unleashed upon the earth. And that's where when you read in the book of Revelation, the fall stars from the sky, a third of the earth is burned up, there's famine, there's plague, the Antichrist arises, a demonic army comes and wipes out thousands upon the earth. It'll be seven years of tribulation. Now, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 speaks of a false peace. The Antichrist will arise, and he will make a covenant with the nation of Israel. So for the first three and a half years, there'll be peace when the antichrist makes this covenant with the nation of israel and as we studied the, na- uh, the history of the nation of israel they have not been at peace since their formation or reformation in 1948 they have been harassed on all sides by the arab nations that surround it and so this is a very plausible scenario here, where a powerful world leader comes and makes a covenant with Israel, and Israel, seeking peace, you know, jumps at signing this covenant and uh, bringing this false peace to the land. Second Thessalonians, you know, calls this antichrist the man of lawlessness. Now, as Daniel records. The covenant is broken at the three and a half year period when he sets up what Daniel calls the abomination of desolation in the Jerusalem temple. Some kind of image is created, and he's asking people to worship this image. Second Thessalonians chapter two also records this, and so here Israel will realize that they have accepted a false Messiah here, but it'll be too late. There will be persecution among the children of Israel. Uh, persecution also those who do not take the mark of the beast, the tribulation, persecution, unprecedented, unseen before. And so there will be a false peace there during the first half of the tribulation. Now, at the end of the seven-year tribulation, Christ will return with the armies of heaven, as recorded in Revelation 19. And the armies of heaven include the angelic hosts and the saints from all the ages. They will return with Christ here and defeat the armies of the world, The Antichrist and his forces will be defeated and Christ will establish here his millennial kingdom. His thousand year rule will be established in the land of Israel and the promises made to the nation of Israel will be fulfilled. Christ, after defeating the armies of this world, will sit upon David's throne there in Jerusalem and he will rule from David's throne in the land of Jerusalem over this millennial kingdom for a thousand years. And then uh, he will establish his thousand-year rule here upon the earth. Now, Isaiah describes what the millennial kingdom is going to be like. It's going to be just a magnificent kingdom where the promises of God are fulfilled for the nation of Israel. Isaiah chapter 2 states this in the last days the mountain of the lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains it will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it remember the abrahamic covenant that they would be a blessing to all the nation well here it is it's finally fulfilled many peoples will come and say come let us go up to the mountain of the lord to the house of the god of jacob he will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths the law will go out from zion the word of the lord from jerusalem he will judge between the nations and settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. It's a beautiful picture of the millennial kingdom that is to come when Christ sits upon his throne. Isaiah chapter 60 further paints a you know, picture of this great uh, kingdom that will come. In verse 19, The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will come to an end. So here, uh, there's no need anymore for the sun or the moon, for the glory of the Lord will be you know, the light of the kingdom. Just a magnificent picture. And... Another passage in Isaiah chapter 11, you know, just briefly, the creation will be restored. It says here in verse 6 of chapter 11, the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling all together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child will put his hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So there's a brief picture uh, from those passages in Isaiah. You can see the glorious millennial kingdom that will come when the Lord returns and establishes millennial kingdom and the promises to the nation of Israel are finally fulfilled.
0: You know, Pat, Sam Harris, the atheist author, chastises Christians in his best-selling book, The End of Faith, that because they believe that the end times are coming, because they believe that Christ is returning, they fo- therefore, they neglect the earth, they neglect progress in mankind, and just wait for the end and say, oh, well, it's all going to go down anyway. In light of the fact that we may not have attain peace in Israel should we continue to try and achieve peace
1: yes you know Kevin in, in light of the fact that there will be continued conflict the right thing to do is to strive for peace you know Jesus said you know blessed are the peacemakers and that's the right thing to do we do not know when the Lord will return therefore bringing peace is the right thing to do unfortunately you know the problem ultimately is not political but it's spiritual. And so another great thing that we ought to do is not only strive for peace, but bring the message of the gospel to the Middle East. Although there are many restrictions, although the church there is persecuted, we should not stop praying for the people of the Middle East, praying with our brothers there, brothers and sisters there who know Jesus Christ, Palestinian Christians, Lebanese Christians. I've met many of them, wonderful people, Saudi uh, Christians in Saudi Arabia, in Iraq, in Egypt. Pray for them and let's work with them to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the Middle
0: East. Well, Pat, how should we live in light of what is happening in the Middle East? How should we conduct our lives?
1: Well, you know. I remember growing up as a young boy, there was great concern regarding the Middle East because what happens in the Middle East affects us here in America. Not only is there oil, but we're also allied with Israel. And one of the things my dad always told me that worried me, he said, you know, Pat, someday, and this is back in the 70s as a young boy, he said, someday we're going to go to war in the Middle East. right? And when we do, you need to be prepared but someday we're going to war in the Middle East. America will be involved in a war in the Middle East. And so it was a source of great concern. Now, as a Christian, looking through the scriptures, understanding the prophecies that are given regarding the nation of Israel, regarding the land of Palestine, Israel, you know, I have a little bit of a different perspective understanding, you know, the key role that Israel plays in the plan of God and redeeming the world unto himself and in the Future things that are to come of Christ's return. One of the things uh, is to look beyond this conflict and the conflict we have, and look for His return. You know, First Thessalonians chapter four, you know, verse thirteen through eighteen talks about the return of the Lord, the rapture, when the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we who remain shall be called up to be with Him forever. So look beyond the conflict and look to His return. Secondly you know, as Jesus stated in Matthew chapter 4 verse 23, you know, know the sign of times. Jesus said, when you see these things happening, know that my return is near. So all that is occurring sets the stage for the return of Christ. So perhaps what we're seeing going on with Israel and the Middle East sets the stage for his soon return. Perhaps in our lifetime, we could experience the return of Christ. And third. These are indeed perilous times, but we should see these perilous times also as a moment or opportunity in which we can share the gospel. You know, when people ask me about Israel and what is going on in the Middle East, often it leads to a presentation of the gospel as you begin to unravel and explain the prophecies that surround the nation of Israel and the return of Christ. It's a great opportunity to present the gospel and lead people to Jesus Christ.
0: Pat, we have many resources at evidenceandanswers.org. And in fact, we've interviewed some scholars, and some authors, and experts in this area. What are some of the resources available at evidenceandanswers.org that will shed further light on this topic of Israel, the end times, and so on?
1: Well, we've got several shows. This series, I highly recommend, Israel at War and then also there are other studies that we did on some several key prophetic passages i've done a series on Zechariah and the passages there regarding the war of armageddon and ezekiel and there's other key passages also we've interviewed expert on the middle east regarding the political situation my boss at Pro ministries kirby anderson that's a great interview Also some Bible scholars on the end times, Dr. Randall Price, who's not only a good Bible scholar but an archeologist, and Dr. Stanley Toussaint, one of the best professors in Bible exposition, expounding on eschatology and a premillennial school of thinking called dispensationalism. And he unravels some of the key prophetic passages regarding the return of Christ. And so those are some great resources in understanding not only Israel, but eschatology, future things, and what role Israel will play in the return of Christ.
0: We want to thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zukeran on this timely topic and remind you that you can get this entire series at our website, evidenceandanswers.org. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find some of the best resources on presenting and defending your faith in Christ to an increasingly skeptical world at evidenceandanswers.org. World religions, atheism, the cults, the occult, apologetics scientific and philosophical arguments for the existence of God creation and evolution the reliability of the Bible archaeology and history and the end times to name but just a few You'll find Pat Zuker's interviews with leading scholars and speakers on the most crucial issues facing the church and the world. Go to evidenceandanswers.org and be equipped.
1: In fact, there's a new feature on our website called iShows where you can download each individual show for just 250. They're 30-minute shows on our website evidenceandanswers.org, just like you download a song on iTunes. These are iShows that You can download each individual show you want, and we've got some of the top scholars on there. Dr. Norman Geisler, Dr. Craig Evans, Hugh Ross, and others are on there, and also you
0: can read our articles. Evidence and Answers is supported by you, the listener who appreciates a program that gives good answers to good questions. Our calling is to do what the Apostle Paul did on Mars Hill in Athens. He presented and defended the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll help you do the same by the grace of God. Just go to evidenceandanswers.org and any gift or purchase of resources will be a tremendous encouragement to us. And remember that this entire series is available at evidenceandanswers.org. This has been Kevin Harris. Thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers with Pat Sukarin. God bless and thanks so much for listening. Evidenceandanswers.org.